With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk before Liverpool play Manchester City this weekend. Uh, Neil Atkinson, John Gibbons, Adam Smith and Carl Kopak. Uh, and to come in part two, I've got Heather Carroll talking about Liverpool ladies playing Everton ladies this weekend at Widnes. Uh, that's the 2pm kickoff. And in part three, uh, after seven o'clock, after your news at seven, I'm talking to Sean Rogers about Manchester United, Manchester City versus Liverpool. So it's a, it's a cast of thousands uh, this week on City Talk, which is very much the way we like it. But if we can do a little mile tender moment John have you got one in you always um, this is the the week of our five year anniversary doing things for Radio City Talk isn't that nice it's unbelievable how quickly it's gone um, it's unbelievable that they put us on the radio <laughs> uh, but it's been great it's been a really nice experience for us uh, we talk about it all the time there's nothing more exciting and fun than live radio it's probably one of the, my favourite parts of my job um, so it's nice one to to City Talk for putting us on and for all the help they've given us as well. I think they've made us kind of better at our, the other aspect of our job, um, the podcasting and stuff like that, and generally the pretending to be journalists. So nice one to them. <laughs> it's been um, it's been boss. So cheers, and I hope you've, hopefully people have enjoyed it. I hope people have enjoyed it as well. So yeah, uh, very 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 uh, thankful to Radio City Talk for putting us on in the first place, and then for, for persevering with us <laughs> <laughs> when they might have thought, what on earth are these people doing now? Um, so yeah, uh, all wonderful stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, so moving forward to the show this week, Adam Smith and Carl Kopak with me. And this, I feel, uh, Adam, and I'm throwing it out there, next two games will define a great deal. They'll define... If Liverpool were to take six points from the next two games, I would be very much of the view that they have to throw away a top-four finish. Yes, I think that's exactly true. And I think that... I think it's doable. I think I think four points would be not disgraceful. Um, and I think that one of the one of the biggest challenges potentially to a top four finish uh, might be whether or not Manchester United decide to throw all their eggs into the Europa League basket, which is looking more and more likely now, a little bit like we did last season. And if it can end like it did for us last season, that'd be great. Um, so it, it does feel, uh, yeah, a tad like the 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 uh, four points out of out of six would be would be good six would be amazing three would be okay because i think city is a tough challenge which we'll talk about later uh, and anything less than that is is a little bit of a where it's going to be a bit of a bun fight to get into into the top four i think i think it's, it's, it's the moment john first i mean every season's got one where you obviously the, the your expectations and your demands sort of shift and i'm 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 mostly uh you know if you grab me before christmas in a season and you want to talk to me about the top four finish i don't want to know uh, i want to talk about winning the league but you it then shifts and chelsea are over the hill i think you know we'd all broadly agree City getting a draw and Harry Kane getting injured means it's unlikely anyone's going to catch them, let alone us. 
but it, it does feel especially significant this season, I think, in terms of recruiting the sort of talent that we want to recruit, being able to say to them, listen, we're not messing about here. But also, having watched this Liverpool side play really, really well in big games, it does make you think, well, if they can play really, really well in big games domestically, they can probably play really, really well in big games in a European stage, and wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, you'd love to see this team tested in the Champions League with two or three real quality additions. You know, it, it whets the appetite, and I mean, whets the appetite of the players as well. And I think it's important for the players who are at the club as much as those who we want to attract to feel like progress is being made and we're going to finish with more points than last season that's going to happen but if it's if it's 20 points more but still six I think it's 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 still a bit of a kick in the teeth for the players considering how hard they've worked how hard they worked last summer and and kind of how we were looking around November when we were all getting excited as you say about about greater things than that so I think it'd be really nice for, for the football club to finish top four both in terms of you know what you get in terms of money and 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 the and the the fact that the Champions League is really good fun to play in, but also in terms of feeling like we're going forward, feeling like we're progressing on the club, because we obviously are, but it's nice to have that tangible thing that shows it. Uh, what it feels like is important, Carl, and this is the other reason why I'm, I'm very into Liverpool finishing in the top four, and I'm actually really into Liverpool finishing third, <laughs> to be honest with you, at least third, and it's because I actually think we're the third best team in the country, and if that's what it feels like to me, mm. and to not, to not get essentially for the league table to lie the league table doesn't lie we all know it does we've all been around football long enough to know that sometimes it just does and you've got to cop for that but it would be nice for this season as John says the players worked stupidly hard in the summer they were worked stupidly hard in the summer they'll presumably be worked stupidly hard next summer they've got to feel like well we got what we deserved and if they're looking at each other by the end of the season and they've come third and they can look around the dressing room you can say yep we dropped some silly points boys we know where we need to improve we know what we need the gaffer to do in terms of bringing maybe another couple of quality lads in but we're able to look at each other and go we've got what we deserved and wasn't it all worth it whereas if they do throw it away somehow from this position, then they'll be looking at each other going, well, I don't like him and I don't like him and I'm looking yeah, at myself. Yeah. And it, it gets all self-blaming. That's what I think we want. Is while, we yeah. want these lads to get what they deserve. Yeah, because I also, I think if we finish, I'm going to say second rather than third, but uh, if, if we finish second or third, then I think there's a case of, it's the easiest thing to fix really because we just think, okay, well, if you finish second or third and you haven't beaten the people above you, then you think, well, that's a gap in quality that we're going to have to address yeah. and we're going to have to buy up from that. If you're second or third because you didn't beat Hull, yeah. Then you need to look at that and think, well, surely that's the easiest thing to fix. And we can address that ourselves. Yeah, that's an easier thing to do, yeah. That, that's an intensity thing or a mental thing. Um, whereas if you can't say, if, if we, we lost twice to Chelsea, you've got to think, yeah, but they've got billions and millions of pounds they can spend and uh, we've just got to cheat to get to that level and that's the way you'd have to do it. It's it's fair point that Carl makes there, John. You know, it's a very fair point indeed that that's being able to sort of look at each other and go, you know, we know what it is that we need to improve. It's an easily definable thing, but it's got to feel as though it's very much within the, the grasp of the, even the players who are there already before you even do talk about additions. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think what you've got to remember for, for some of these players is this is a group of teams who've consistently finished above them. And I think to to finish ahead of two or three of those will we'll feel positive yeah. to them too. If they if they if they do finish six, which is a which is a fair possibility, and they're looking up, they're looking up a group of teams who've who've finished above them consistently over the last five six years, bar one season. Mm. Um, so so it just starts to feel like, well, are we ever going to catch them? You look at the, the money, and everyone's going to improve in the summer. So if they get ahead of us in terms of transfers, in terms of things like that, you know, they just spend quicker. Then it, it, it does change the feeling around the squad. Then. <laughs> You know, when I've said it before on another show, you know, when when Jurgen's 
basically killing them in Germany in the summer at this training camp. Yeah. You know, they you, you you have to kind of see 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 what it's all for and feel like you know what it's all for. And if you've been through it all last year and it, and it's not quite worked out, then you know it's, it's the motivation maybe maybe lacking a little bit. Where it is if they've got Champions League football to look forward to. If they, if they, if they know well, well this we did this, but it was all worth it last year because we got this prize. Then I think it'll be a much easier summer for Jurgen Klopp and the coaches in every I, I, possible I way. I think, I think if you're sitting at the beginning of the season, sorry, after the season and you're in your pre-season fr- training and you think, did we improve? And you think, we're above Man City in the league. Yeah, That's not nothing. Yeah, We've done all that and they've got far more, they've got more advantages than we possibly have. That that means something. Well, on, on this, Adam, well, before let's get beyond the Man City game and even the Everton game that follows Liverpool then are home to Bournemouth, away at Stoke, away at West Brom, home to Palace, away at Watford, home to Southampton, away at West Ham United, home to Middlesbrough. And this is this is why the next two are as significant as they are, in that if Liverpool can have that boost, then you're looking at those games and then you're thinking about the games that the other sides who were, were, were duking it out for for second down to sixth have got and you remember the fact that a lot of them are still going to play each other so even allow for one or two of them to go on a run well they can't all go on a run both in terms of the, the natural way in which competition and sport works they can't but also well they can't all go on a run because they've got to play each other a lot of them so they, it's, 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 they can't both win when they face each other and so you do sort of think well if Liverpool can just find a way find a way to get to break 60 points after 30 after 30 games then it does give them that springboard to be able to say well, you know, out of the remaining eight, we've just got to find a way to get 16 points, and that should be that should be enough for us. Yeah, and that's also in a way why the Burnley result was so important last huge, weekend because huge, a lot yeah. of those teams you've just mentioned are in that kind of category. And the last thing we needed was this narrative to 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 get any more legs than it's already got. So going into it, knowing we've got you know games where they should be able to win and they should be able to pick up the requisite sort of 16 to 18 points. And as you say, you know, they've beaten Man City, they've beaten Everton. That's a that's a big, big old plus, a big old, you know, uh, plus in the in the in the in the positive section of the mentality of the players. I'm speaking to Sean Rogers after seven o'clock, and one of the things he says, uh, John, is that it's he refers to this as our last free hit of the season, and that I think his point is that even if we don't get a result in this one, even if we get beat in this one, we're able to look at those games and think, well, we can still, yeah, we can still piece it together quite comfortably. We should still be able to find a way through all of this, and I think that's a really fair point, isn't it? That this weekend against Manchester City, they're the ones who've got the weight of the world on the shoulders. They're the ones who've got, who've, who've suffered the reverse midweek. We can go into it thinking, well, let, let, let's enjoy ourselves, let's play our football, let's let let let's trust this manager who's got us through these games so many times that we can do one more time this campaign yeah massively I agree look it's our hardest game of the, left in the season I could end by, up being our hardest game of the season full yeah, stop yeah probably by quite a distance and you know I refuse to kind of enter a world where you know a draw at Man City is a bad result yeah. you know it's it's fine and there's going to be a lot of twists and turns in, in this battle for top four and you need to remember that you know last week you're thinking well you know Tottenham are there and then suddenly you know injuries to Harry Kane looks like you know very serious one and so and you know things change very quickly you know similar with Manchester United you know they haven't had a good week all in all really and then they've got this really tough game Sunday now at midday which is just scandalous that they've been given that I mean it's hilarious but it is it is it is awful to do that to a football club and so you know, it's and, and and they're gonna. You know, the games are thinking fast. So suddenly, you know, when you you know you're looking at those two clubs in particular, thinking, well, they'll they'll they're more likely than not to finish above above us. Now you're looking at it and thinking, well, you know, we 
we can get a, we can get ahead of steam over them. So it does change. So I don't want anyone it's, to be too down. It's if, also John. Even on, if we get a bit of a tonk in at City, but even on this, John, it is worth pointing out that one of the reasons why these sides are battling for the top four and not battling for the title is because they have all dropped points during yeah. the season. Yeah, they've it's, got problems. So that's yeah. why they're, they're all going. Every single one of these sides is capable of the still being twists and turns. That's me. Point. Yeah. None of them look like they're going to win nine out of nine. Yeah, I mean the the, the change for them between Liverpool is I think both those teams have, have overall got stronger as the season's gone on, and, and that's not necessarily the case for Liverpool. Our, our strongest moments were towards the start of the season, if not right at the start, and so and so that that was what worried you slightly. But as you say, you know, it's people have, have good and bad moments throughout the season, and and you know who knows who's going to come into one next and so you, you can't get hung up on one game it's okay well how are we looking generally you know what what are we likely to do over the next three or four and I'm sure they've got points targets mm. for the for three four games chunks of games that they want to get to and, and that's what it's all about and if you slip up in one game then you just got to make it up in another this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk Neil Atkinson John Gibbons Adam Smith and Carl Kopak uh, with you in a minute or two speaking to Heather Carroll about Everton uh, coming to witness to face Liverpool in the fifth round of the Ladies FA Cup Joined by Heather Carroll, as I said, to talk about Liverpool ladies and to talk about the spring series and to talk about the game at the weekend. But first, Heather, I'm concerned. Um, as a loyal supporter of Liverpool ladies, it's a small squad. It's a very small squad. I think um, a lot of the teams in the league this year have trimmed a little bit for the spring season. Uh, you've got like your Man Cities and Chelsea's who are buying big-name players, but teams like Liverpool, Notts County, Birmingham seem to have lost a few players and aren't really looking to add anything until the summer. And let's be clear on the spring series. Normally, the Liverpool uh, Liverpool ladies play in the top flight of the Women's Super League. They play home and away across the course of a season because what they're trying to do is shift when that season takes place to so have it start from next season as September running through till May. What they've done is to put the spring season into the, the spring series in place, where it's only simply nine games uh, for the top flight, uh, ten teams in the league, nine games where, where Liverpool are playing four at home and five away. That's what's happening this season. So therefore, Liverpool don't feel as though they need as big a squad. Yeah, it's uh, nine games in six weeks and the five of the aways, we've got Yeovil away, Bristol away, Chelsea away and Arsenal away, so it was a lot of mileage as well in six, six weeks. It's a good, good set of trips for you then? It's a good set of trips, yeah. You need to get yourself a decent coach, good vibe. <laughs> I do. Uh, on this then, it's, uh, it's a funny issue, isn't it, really, the competition in that it's how seriously it's being taken mm-hmm. by where you, it isn't the proper league. And it's it's more than fair enough that that would be the conclusion where it's not the proper league. But what it is, it's a great opportunity for developments, for improvements, for Liverpool to showcase these players. Yeah, I know um, Scott Rogers, Liverpool manager, said in a few of his interviews that he's going to look at this spring series as a chance to integrate some of the development squads into the first team. So is um, that why he has a small squad for this then, do you think? Probably. I think that's probably why he's not really looking to add anything until the summer. Maybe he's going to see now which players are ready to step up, see what gaps there are and then fill in from there. Who do you think is ready to step up? We've got a few talented players. There's um, A lot of them have come up straight from the centre of excellence as well, which is good, because obviously they've been at Liverpool for quite a few years. You've got Lizzie Gale, who's an attacking midfielder. Um, Molly Green has been on the periphery, I think, of the first-team squad for the last couple of seasons. She's been scoring in the friendlies that have been, been getting played behind closed doors. And you've got Megan Taylor, who's a versatile player. She can play centre midfield, or she's been playing centre-back as well. And they've kept they've kept hold of a, f- a few from last season as well who, who who were brought in at the start. Van der Sanden's still there, mm-hmm. Chamberlain's still there in goal. She's possibly the best goalkeeper in the country, maybe the second best goalkeeper in the country. I'm sure she'd have an argument about it. I'd argue she's the best, yeah. Um, Gemma Bonner obviously still around. There's loads and loads of... It's, it seems as though when I'm talking about them slimming down the squad, the players they've actually let go are the ones who weren't involved at the tail end of last season. Is that like, for instance, Lund's gone yeah, and they couldn't really find a place for her, could they? Yeah, Emma Lund, I think she really struggled. I, I don't know if she was injured at the start of the season. She didn't feature as much um, she was not in the match day squad towards the end of the season then she was just on the bench um, and then you had Mandy Vandenberg of course who had come in 
started the season at centre-back but then lost their place due to injury and couldn't get back in until Alex Greenwood went out and then filled in at full-back for the rest of the season but she's gone off now as well. Yeah, uh, whereas noticeably obviously for instance people like Satara Mori who finished mm-hmm. the season really, really strongly still there, Kate Longhurst uh, still there, yeah. still knocking around the place. Uh, there's, there is right the way through, there's the, the quality players who sort of who featured right the way through the campaign last season, they're still available to be watched week in, week out. Yeah, all, all your key players, the ones that you wouldn't have wanted to lose after the season, they're still there. And it's worth also pointing out often we We've, we've had a bit of a gripe, uh, you and I, but certainly me, in terms of the momentum of the, the ladies' season's never quite been there. So, for instance, two games in a month and then no game for four weeks and then a game back-to-back. The good thing about the Spring Series is the nine games in six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts uh, starts in April and goes goes right the way through into the first week of June. It's an intense programme, but therefore what that means is people can get into a, a pretty solid rhythm of watching the games. Yeah, it's going to be pretty full on. It's a bit, a bit of a shock to the system, I think. Will be for you, won't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm used to one game a month. Um, now I've got nine. I've got these big longer away trips. Um, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see if it does have an effect on the attendances as well. Even though there's only four home games, they are going to be quite close together compared to previous years. You know, we're going to have four home games in the space of six weeks, whereas usually you'd have four home games in the space of four months. So. I think it's a good thing. I think it means it, it gets people into the habit of going, um, and and sort of. Get, I think kickoff times are being consolidated mm-hmm. as well, haven't they? Which feels as though I mean, there's the FA. We're going to talk further on, on later shows as we move through the season on uh, about sort of the shift in, in 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 the FA policy and all of that sort of stuff. So we'll come on to that separately, but. One of the issues has been, you know, you don't know when it's kicking off. It gets moved at relatively late notice. It's all really rather hard work, whereas they've consolidated this into, you no, know, these are the games, this is what's happening, and then people can make a decision as to whether or not they want to go. So, therefore, when we begin to talk about the spring series in earnest in a couple of weeks, we can actually say, listen, you've got four options here. Get down to one of them. Yeah, I think what they've tried to say is it'll either be on a Wednesday evening or a Sunday afternoon at Liverpool. I think those are the two times uh, that Liverpool said they want to stick to. Obviously, when you go to other teams, it depends on when they can get the pitch. So it depends on like their schedule. I know Archibald to Arsenal has been moved to a Thursday night because of the availability of the pitch. So that's how it works in the women's game as well. A lot of the times the, the teams are playing at men's pitches uh, at non-league sides. So it's a struggle to get the pitches sometimes. Um Looking ahead to the weekend then, uh, the Merseyside derby in the fifth round of the FA Cup. No one, no suggestion of warm balls, uh, <laughs> but it is a bit, it's, it's, it's a huge game. It's a, it's good that it's happened in many senses. You know, it's a good sort of uh, curtain raiser for the, the fact that the spring series is starting. But it's worth saying that maybe this is one of those seasons where the FA Cup is, is, is the bigger prize. You know, the spring series, because it isn't the full league programme, doesn't feel like a huge prize. Liverpool are in the fifth round against Everton, so it's an opportunity for them to go deep into the competition if they can get a result. But Everton are a good side and have managed to retain the core of their players as well. Yeah, Everton have got a, a very strong team this year, I would say. I'd say that they would definitely finish towards the top of their spring series in WSL too. Um, they've played two league games so far, won both, and they also beat Durham in the last round of the cup. Won on penalties with a midfielder in goal, so uh, they're, they're high on confidence, I would say, at the moment. Enjoying the football. <laughs> yeah, enjoying the football, yeah. Who, who um, wouldn't enjoy that? What, what sort of side would you, do you, are you expecting Scott to pick then for the game against Everton at the weekend? What's, what, what do you think is going to be his move, Scott Rogers? I would say the side at the moment pretty much picks itself. We've got quite a small squad, so I would say if you're looking at the, the squad that you've got, you would be able to pick the start 11 from that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Molly Green given a start up front. Um, I know that she's been scoring a couple of goals in the pre-season friendlies that they've been playing. Um, she's you know she's a great little striker with an eye for goal, and um, I think she would get she she'd relish the opportunity to play against Everton. You know she's a Liverpool girl. 
if they get the win against Everton, um, then it's into the sixth round pretty quickly, isn't it? I believe when I was looking at the FA website last night, it's a week afterwards. I, th- I think it's the twenty sixth of March. So there's the opportunity to put before the spring series sort of get really gets going to put a bit of a cup run together for Liverpool. Yeah, we could be off to Yeovil again. Who knows? <laughs> but um, yeah, we could. You know, we could get into the next round. And I, I also think the next round, I think the semi finals are before the spring series starts. Even then, so you could be into you know the final of the FA Cup before you even before the season the starts. Season. No, and it's, yeah. it's uh, you know it's a really good opportunity for people to get down so it's this weekend this game is this weekend mm-hmm. uh, at Witness, at Witness uh, yeah. and it's so it's I think it's uh, what it's free to season ticket holders at Anfield free to Liverpool season ticket holders and if you buy a season a spring season ticket for £15 from the club you get access to FA Cup games and the league games as well excellent so you get both and it's 2pm uh, Witness. 2pm so there's plenty of time to watch that and then get yeah. gone safely in a pub before Liverpool play Man City uh, oh, at yeah. the Etihad yeah there's a bar at the ground as well Jump straight in the bar after the game. Yeah. How many more options do you need? That's what I'll be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Always great to speak to Heather. We're going to speak into, speaking to her more as uh, the spring series gets gets going this season and looking to cover as many of those games as possible. She'll also be writing for the website, theanfieldwrap.com. If you can get down to witness at the weekend to support Liverpool ladies up against Everton, do so. There's an FA Cup to be won, don't you know? <laughs> It's the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Uh, this is Neil Atkinson. Back in a minute with John, Carl, and Adam. But before then, we're going to speak to Sean Rogers about this forthcoming game against Manchester City. Neil Atkinson and Sean Rogers with you on Radio City Talk to have a chat about Manchester City versus Liverpool. And firstly, as ever, from the Manchester City uh, perspective, Sean, when we're talking about this, and what gets my attention is this result against Monaco. Now, I wanted City to go deep into the tournament, and I thought they had a, an excellent chance of doing so because of the distraction element. Now it becomes a psychological thing, and you wonder whether or not you're going to get a Manchester City who are wounded and going to bounce back, a Manchester City who are going to maybe find it a little bit hard, a Manchester City who've got a bit of a funny record at home this season against the top six sides. For instance, they, they should have beaten Chelsea and lost 3-1. They should have beaten Spurs and drew 2-2. A wounded Manchester City, what... What sort of Manchester City do you think Liverpool are going to get? I think I think we're going to see one that plays really well. I, I think Man City will play really well at the weekend. But what I, what I do think is that they will be fragile. And I think I quite like my boxing analogies. And I think I think you're going to see them start the, the fixture well. But if we can give them a bloody nose, I think they're quite fragile. And, and I I'd be surprised myself not just because of what's happened to week, but when you look at what's happened to the city team this this season i think the thing with pep is pep's such a, an extraordinary manager and he does things that are so unorthodox that i think that squad isn't 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 built for a pep for, to have pep Guardiola as manager and they're not going to change the manager so i, I think you could have other managers in there like um there's some managers like Pellegr- pellegrini and um Ancelotti in particular, who go in and try and not rock the boat and keep things dead simple and just do the sort of standard normal thing and then rely on getting the, the maximum out of your best players and, and really man managing them. Well, Pep's not like that. and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he has some kind of tactical surprise lined up for the weekend for a number of different reasons. I, I think one is that Liverpool's record against not just the top six, but Manchester City in particular... Especially with what's happened to them this week, he's got to give his players a maybe a, a few. He hasn't got much training ground time, but certainly in the meetings, I think he needs to do something that just brings a bit of freshness to them, something different, and and also gives them a reason as to why this is going to be different. Because 
like you've rightly been suggesting there, City have played really well against a lot of teams in the top six, but they haven't always got the results that perhaps the performances deserve. And I think it's weird to think this about City because I think this about Liverpool. But they're also their biggest problem is they're not ruthless enough in both penalty areas. And actually between both penalty areas, I would say that us and Manchester City are probably the two best football teams in the country. It's mad. You could make a case for neither of us finishing the top two in a mad way. Yeah. Well, I mean, on that, when you say the tactical surprise, for instance, everyone was surprised how how aggressive uh, and how attacking a line-up there was against Tottenham. But yeah. to me, that felt like, and this is what I, I, I think we'll see something similar, I'll be honest with you, on Sunday. I think if you can rely on your defence then you can say you'll play a defensive game. You can, for instance, say we're going to go to Monaco and try to shut up shop and get a, and just get out um, with the, with the, with the yeah. minimum amount of damage against the side that have scored the most goals in, the, in a top-flight league in Europe. Yeah. You can try and do that, but you can't do that if, if you can't rely on your defence. And I thought what you saw against Spurs was a football team set up to say, well, the way in which we're going to defend is by having the ball in their half and scoring goals. And I wonder if we're, we're going to get something quite similar on, on Sunday. I wonder if the, the solution becomes, lads, at some point this is going to click. I've got a centre-forward there who's capable of scoring four goals in a big game. He's done it before. We're going to go all out attack. And we're going to absolutely... We're going to... We're going to I'm give, this is the thing I'm giving you to believe in. I'm going to give you the thing that you didn't do for me enough against Monaco. I want you to cut loose and I want you to absolutely scare the life out of these. I, I wonder if that's what we'll see. Yeah, I think they'll come out the traps really, really quick. It'll be interesting to see what we do. Because um, to one extent, they they could be at the most fragile in that twenty minutes in terms of them being open, and it's and the game starts nil nil, and it's likely in the first few minutes to still be nil nil. So Liverpool have an opportunity to, to to potentially say, well, you know, do we in the first twenty minutes make this a game of tennis and make it end to end? And so this is when City are going to be at the most open. And if we go one nil up there, that really does test Manchester City as a, a, a not just the players; it tests them as a football club, the manager, the backroom staff, and the crowd. It'll be interesting to see what Liverpool's tactics are because normally, you know, a Rafa or a Julio would go, do you know what, soak it up first 20 minutes. And Mourinho would say, soak it up first 20 minutes, time waste and kill it. I think with Jurgen, we've seen someone really willing to throw some big punches and to go out and say, no, you know, in these big games, you start fast. And, and if you don't get the first goal in the first 20 minutes, you at least cause enough trouble to make them second guess the manager's tactics a bit. And if you look at all our games against the top six, we've been a lot better for me in the first 20 minutes, especially at scoring goals. And I may be wrong statistically on this, this is just my feeling, than we have against, say, the bottom six, as an example. And I, I'm not too sure what the logic is behind that. I'm sure Jurgen doesn't know otherwise. He'd just have us starting dead well all the time. Yeah. So we, I think I think it'll be really interesting for Pep because he's a winner and I'm not sure how many winners he's, he's got on his squad there. I, he's got a track record at most of the clubs he's been at for when he comes up against opposition that he respects and, and I think he respects us as a football club but as a team and as a manager in Jurgen Klopp I think he's probably got as much respect for us as anybody in the country and like when he used to play against Valencia Barca wouldn't change the formation they wouldn't really they wouldn't change personnel as such but they would dramatically change the tactics so you might see just because you see the team sheet and a, and a sort of system on, on Sky yeah. of what you think City are going to line up in, 
Pep is so flexible with what he does. Like Valencia is an example. He'd say for the first 10, 15 minutes, we just play really long diagonals. We we don't let Valencia press us. We don't let Valencia take the ball off us in those areas. And the, and we have to get territory. And then we play in there off. And then and then we'll see how the game develops from then. This is where they me, may drop off a bit deeper. This is where for me the two wide Memphis City are going to be really important. And they're good. they could be where the game's won and lost. In that it wouldn't surprise me if when you mention those diags there, if the idea is turn Klein round, turn Milner round, get them going the way in which they don't want to be going, uh, push them back, use the fact that you've got pace, use with Sane, the fact that he is, he's, a, he's a relatively big lad as well on top of everything else, you know, use all of that to try to to try to try force this Liverpool side back. I, it would not surprise me at all if we see a lot of that early. I, I totally agree. It's, it's, it's weird in that, like, when I grew up, it was all about the sort of... Um, midfield domination in these kind of games and 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 you come up against you'd have six quality midfielders of a type shall we say where it'd be really really tight this this is weird what i do actually think the key battles are going to be cities i think it's going to be cities wide men um against our our full backs our front three have a tendency to cheat a little bit particularly in these games for periods so I think how we deal with that is going to be crucial to, to how much joy City get, and for our perspective, it's exactly the other way. Yeah, and and also I think it's going to I think it's also going to be interesting. Both sides are so dangerous breaking from central positions, um, and it doesn't really matter too much what combination of players they use. Certainly when De Bruyne plays central. Um, and for us, you, you've seen it a bit more recently with Ronaldo. He's starting to grow into that a little bit more. Certainly with Lallana, that's good. for me. The two key areas are particularly Sané and Sterling against our, our fullbacks because we're not. I don't think they're going to get much protection. They don't tend to in these fixtures. And I also think it's going to be who's who's defensive midfielders and, and back four get themselves set up right to just stop them breaks from the middle of the park because that's where both teams have had so much. When they when us and City have been on it, we've torn people apart. I think the other one, the other, the other key battle for me is going to be Yaya Torre, Adam Lallana. I'll be intrigued to see if Guardiola decides to go with two in there. Be surprised. I know. I mean, I, I was surprised he played, and he's played in some of the games against the top six. I thought he'd be. He wouldn't play in a single game for Pep Guardiola against the top six. I thought he'd just play him as a, a flat track bully sort of thing. You know, City in the Champions League were playing Bournemouth at home on Saturday. Yeah, I mean that to me is. The, you play Yaya Torre in that kind of fixture. Never say never. I'd still be really. I do not expect. I'd be. We didn't play him against him. Monaco, and that's the thing. He's rested him for the Monaco game, so you would. It would then be a massive call with the international break coming to not use him again. To instead go with Fernandinho in there. Now, if it was me and it was a complete one-off game of football, you may go with Fernandinho. But then Fernandinho spent most of the first half against Monaco, wondering what on earth was going on. Yeah. They were all moving around. I mean, a tent. I wonder whether or not what the solution might be that both Fernandinho and Torre sit and he only goes with one in front, whether it's De Bruyne, whether it's Silva, yeah. whether or not he uses De Bruyne or Silva wide and only picks one of Sterling or Sané. Yeah, unless he plays unless he plays Yaya Torre a bit higher than what we've seen Yaya Torre play under Pep. Because Liverpool, I mean, we did a really good job of picking his pocket at Anfield. And you get the impression that Jürgen would probably quite like him to play. To be honest, and oh, you, absolutely, and, absolutely, and you can imagine that team sheet going in, and it's only a little chat. We know what we're doing now. We know exactly what we do. They play it into him, and as that ball's on the way, we gamble and we gamble and we just we just keep gambling, and we take it. Well, not every time, but we're going to take it off him and cause them no end of pain. And I think Jurgen will want him to play, and that's why I, 
I, I just I, I would be surprised if he does that, but I wouldn't rule out because of the reasons you've stated. Uh, on the Reds, then very quickly, there, there, there aren't that many selection headaches. It looks like Firmino is going to be back fit. I'd be surprised if he doesn't just come straight. back Oh, in. a million percent. Yeah, he has to go. Uh, and then the next one on that is that Lovren looks as though he, he got off. He got an hour sorry in the under twenty threes on Monday night, so you'd expect that he comes straight back in again. Yeah, as long as there's no reaction, which you wouldn't. Liverpool aren't going to release that even if there is one during the week for obvious reasons had such a big game but yeah you'd, you'd like to think that he comes straight back in as well so then it just becomes about the midfield and it's not even about the midfield selection there's no Henderson so it's going to be Chan uh, with um, with with Vinaldum and Lallana um, and then it becomes how that shapes up whether or not that's a two and a one or a one and a two and and the fact that that may well change during the game and I, I wonder whether or not that's going to actually what you said before the team sheet goes in the Manchester City team sheet goes in and it might only be then that Liverpool decide whether or not they're certainly starting the game with a one and a two with Chan Holden and Vinaldum and Lallana in front or if he moves Lallana as he did against Arsenal deeper to sit next to Emre Chan. What would you do now? I'd err uh, on the side if if the city if the if the city team sheet comes in and it's it's Torre with Silva with De Bruyne and with the front three that we Sterling Sané and uh, and Aguero then I would probably I would probably err on the side of sitting in and turn the game into the physical battle, the one-on-one battle between Torre and Lallana. If it's Fernandinho and Torre, then I actually think you can make the argument to say, well, what you don't want is just be sending Lallana on a fool's errand where he closes Torre and Torre's just able to broadly pop it off. Now we know Firmino works hard coming backwards and it's more flexible than that. But I would, I would be... It's the difference between what you saw Liverpool do against Arsenal um, and what you saw Liverpool do against Tottenham. Against Tottenham, they took on... Wanyama and Dembele as a two, Wijnaldum and Lallana, and they, 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 they dominated them in the early going. So if it's going to be a two, then I think you want to try and dominate the two with an, with your own two. If it's going to be a one, then I think you, and I think that would suit Liverpool more than you almost say, all right, lads, we're going to hold this, but we're backing Adam Lallana that he's going to, he's going to win more of them than he's going to lose. Yeah, I... I, th- I think because it's a bit of a free hit for Liverpool, I think Jürgen and his backroom team say Arsenal, Burnley, City, if we're in six, seven points, yeah, we've done really well. If we get nine, unbelievable. And I think for that reason, he may be tempted to say, do you know what, first, at least first 20 minutes, we have Chan and, and we get Wijnaldum and Alana doing arguably what they do best. And do you know what? We've got plenty of time in the game to change that, depending on, on what we need to do. Would you let that run for 70 minutes? Depends on what's happening. But certainly first 20 minutes, I don't have a problem with them with them doing that at all. And to, and to be fair, as long as Liverpool don't pick up any injuries and, and Liverpool put in a great performance without being defeatist about it, this is probably our last free hit of the season for me as well. Yeah. So there is an opportunity here to really land a huge blow without there being too much of a negative and this is our last it's chance hard, I mean, to I mean it's hard that. to put over I mean I've spoken throughout the rest of the show but it's hard to put over exactly how big a game this is in the context of finishing not just in the top four but arguably in the top three for Liverpool because you look at how the rest of the fixtures play out it, it puts Liverpool in a position where they have to almost throw it away at this stage certainly if they take six points from City and Everton they have to throw it away uh, 100% and and I think with any other manager it'd be, it'd be a little bit different but I think with Jürgen you can you can easily predict and imagine the conversations he's having internally at saying there is absolutely no pressure in the next two weekends. This is just the best opportunity. Imagine we'd have said in the summer, we've got two games coming up. We've got a damaged Manchester City coming off the back of an absolute hiding. Having travelled. Having travelled as well. We've had the time to repair. We've got all the memories of the last few games against them where we've done really, really well. Traditionally, we have quite a good record against City home and away as well. There's so many things in 
Vince Vavy can just well imagine him being so positive and trying to get the Liverpool players up for it and saying, do you know what, what's the worst that'll happen? We've got plenty of time to bounce back from anything that happens. All the pressure's on them, but we've just got to go and we've got a massive opportunity to seal this now. OK, uh, huge thanks to Sean Rogers. Let's go and find out what everyone else thinks. Great to speak to Sean as ever. Uh, John, he's saying uh, the interesting thing for Liverpool is whether it's a one and a two or a two and a one in centre midfield against Arsenal. You saw it be a two and a one uh, where Ronaldo at least started the game a bit deeper next to Chan uh, and helped Chan through the game and then Chan grew and grew as it wore on. Uh, against uh, Spurs, you saw it be a one and a two where Ronaldo and Lallana got at uh, Dembele and Wanyama in these big games and made the life very, very hard indeed. You can say it might depend on what team sheet Manchester City put in, but what do you think the Liverpool manager is going to do? I think he'll ask Ronaldo to play a little bit deeper at least at first. I thought it was t- with the, the interview he did with Match of the Day 2 where he was basically saying he, he wasn't completely happy with everything that Emery Chan was doing in that game uh, off the ball and it's a great interview that wasn't it's it it's a great interview and he doesn't slaughter him and he, and he sort of as much as admits as well it's, he's got a lot on his plate and I think that he's got a lot on his plate thing will, will... it made me think I want to play football for Jurgen Klopp because <laughs> he seems like he's going to help you but he's very understanding yeah exactly so I think I think they'll they'll just especially when you saw the team that Man City put out against Monaco and it's basically five attackers wasn't it it was it was two three five old school yeah. Carl's era. Um, <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> so I think I think you'll be looking at Dan and thinking, you know, it's not the end of the world if Genie has to play a bit deeper. And Genie's an intelligent player as well. He's one of the smartest ones we've gotten. So he, he'll he'll be able to pick his moments to get forward. And I think that still gives you a front f- floor, front four, front four. That was difficult for me. That um, to that looks able to press. And you know, I don't think having Wijnaldum slightly deeper means that you can't press them on the ball I think you've got four players who are very good at it ahead than we're all expecting Firmino to start uh, I think that, that gives you the best of both worlds really in my opinion uh, Adam I was quite aggressive uh, with Sean on the idea that for me the key battle might actually become I understand his point on the fullbacks uh, but I was for me I wonder if the key battle could well become Yaya Torre versus Adam Wallana that if however Liverpool line up you feel as though Liverpool are going to look to, to, to pick Torre's pocket using Lallana as much as possible because of how much City played through him. And I take Sean's point that that, that City, may, Pep Guardiola may decide not to start with Yaya Torre given what's happened in the past, but he, does start, he, he doesn't start him against Monaco. Uh, and so you would think that maybe he's got one eye on legs there. If that's the case, Lallana is yet again in a big game this season and there's so many of them, he's going to be absolutely integral for the Reds. Yes, and I thought... It was interesting that he had to grow into the game a little bit against Burnley. And I think that those sort of, you know, in inverted commas, lower teams are the ones that, uh, you know, Lalana doesn't quite have the same influence over. It's Why just, do you think that is? I think it's because they aren't too bothered about dogging it out and they also don't want possession and I think he's at his best when he's closing players down and nicking the ball off them lads who want the ball exactly. lads who want to hold the yeah. ball have another touch have a look whereas if you're playing for Burnley you just think I'll clear this out yeah exactly and I think that is that is precisely what uh, Yaya Torre is I think if, if people I mean look he's a fantastic player but I think if people think that Emre Chan can be a bit slow and lumbering sometimes it has nothing compared to how long Torre wants on the ball and wants to have a look around and do stuff so I, I think Lalana, you know if, if he's on his game and if he's if he's playing as well as he has in some of the big games that that could be really interesting as you say it is it's intriguing that that Pep uh, didn't play him against Monaco and, and whether or not he'll bring him back in because 
you know, well, he does like the legs, he does like rotation, but he also knows Monaco would probably have done that to him as well. Well, exactly, and that's the thing, Carl, is that he, he doesn't play him against Monaco, which does make you think to yourself, well, is he, he's not picked him against Monaco because he got overrun the first leg, so is that yeah. therefore just tactical? And is it also therefore equally tactical to think, well, I'm not going to play him against Liverpool either because they might try and do exactly the same thing. It isn't as though Monaco haven't explained to everybody, as a couple of other sides have this season, this is what you do against Manchester City. You do loads and loads of this. Yeah, you sit on and make sure he can't turn and um, just deny time space. Um, I think that I think he is going to start. To be honest, I think I think they're going to rather risk a strong ninety minutes than two average ninety minutes uh, and just make him work. Particularly for the first half, when I imagine we're just going to you know weather the storm for a bit and then after twenty odd minutes just push on and that's when we you know we need to get in soon. Really, uh, they're, they're a strange side to me, City John, uh, and it's it's this. I was talking to Steve Graves last night. I had a pint with Steve Graves. It was good, John. We should do it more often. Yeah, and, um, what a fella. Uh, and one of the things he was saying was they're in a bit of a funny position, City, because they've either got lads who are towards the end of the career in their time at City. Yeah. All they've got lads who are sort of looking at a 10-year career. So if you imagine you're in, you're in a European game and you've got someone like Dirk Cout, who is not extraordinarily talented, who sort of knows on one on, on, a, on a core level, this could be the last chance he ever gets to play at this level, in that the, the Liverpool manager might decide he doesn't fancy him anymore, or my point is that there's, 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 you need to have a few footballers in your side who in every game feel as though the back's up against the wall yeah. in some way whereas City have sort of not got that anymore they've managed yeah. to get themselves in a, if you're Raheem Sterling their last 10 the other night you're thinking well I've got 10 years of champions with, with the greatest respect to him because I think he's a fabulous footballer but he's thinking I've got 10 years of this of, of last 16 last 8 games in the European Cup I'm always going to be, be here whereas they don't quite look like they've got that strain and, and now the rest of the season's up in the air for this because these lads know what it is to challenge for leagues or win leagues and now all of a sudden they've it, it can be hard for you to think when you've got to recalibrate your brain and go, we're just in this dogfight now, this is all this is. And I think that that's something which they're, they're a funny side because of that. I think all teams struggle with that, the the idea of suddenly you're fighting for something and then you're not and, and getting your motivation. And I think you've seen it a little bit with Liverpool this Completely season, although or they or the bounce back. But I think it's especially the case for City because of the reasons you, you've just highlighted. We spoke to Asan Naeem from City Watch, which is a Man City podcast, Earlier in the week, uh, was it early in the week or last week? I don't know. These early days. in the week, it's been a long week, John. Yeah, it has been. We a haven't long tried week. to sell the Alonso interview yet. We're going to do that in a minute. Come on. <laughs> earlier in the week for Fifty Fifty Football, which is one of our new podcasts. I'll sell that. Um, it's free. Um, <laughs> but we, we spoke to him about that, and he, what he said was he was really impressed with how Pep. Guardiola had managed to motivate a big group of players who were out of contract in the summer and it was something he spoke about and he said he was really worried about it a few months ago about how many of these players were out of contract but he said that they've been playing well, they've been looking motivated and although that's a positive, this might be the moment where if you're out of contract in the summer you, you just start to motivation just starts to slip away a little bit really because you haven't got this Champions League part, you haven't got this well it looks like we've got a real. We could have a real good go because I thought City were were, were looking good for the semi semi final at least. And then you never know because it feels like the most open Champions League in years. Now suddenly they're out and they're looking at it thinking, well, we could scrap for fourth, but I'm not. Here, I'm not here next year, so you know I'm, I'm sort of you know, f- fighting away for, for someone else's prize. And, and so I think it will become a little bit difficult for, to more difficult to motivate those players who are thinking, well, it's, it's probably not for me next year. Isn't that, isn't that Leicester? That's the reason Leicester went through. If you're Jamie Vardy, you're playing against Sevilla, you're thinking to yourself, this is the last time I ever play this match. It's the last game of his career, pretty much, if you think about it, because he's not going to be there ever again unless he gets sold to someone next year, which is unlikely given this season. But um, I think that's why... I think that's why City just took the foot off the gas because I, I thought with City they get to a semi-final they lose a semi-final that's progress 
it'd be a shame they didn't go to the final, obviously, but that's progress. They've got to that stage. They've gone a, a stage more than they've done before. And then they can start looking at things because obviously, because success is incremental, you move up to the. You don't. It, Leicester's unusual, obviously, because going from what sixteenth to the champions, but so they go up that way. Um, and I think that's the reason why Leicester basically, you know, won that game just because thought, well, literally, I've got twenty minutes to save my career here. This to, to, to basically to, to so enjoy my it. career. To well, this, this, this is what is my it, career yeah. is worth. I, I, we beat Sevilla. That, that's something I, that and the titles is something I remember. But Man City, you're absolutely right. Le, Le, Leroy Sane. He's, you play for every single season you'll play is probably going to be in the Champions League now. I think I think it's a really interesting. Thing. I think Old Brighton says something like that to it after the game. Johnny actually almost says, "I knew that it felt like it was now or never for me." Yeah, you know, if you're Mark Old Mark Brighton, this is it right now, and that and that that's a hard thing to put over. Yeah, it is, and it's a hard thing to understand when we're looking at footballers. I think well, they should be equally motivated for every game, and they, you know, they, they pay X amount of money and stuff and and things like that. And if and I think football is a human and they get used to the money and get used to certain challenges as well. And I was really worried about this game earlier in the week, I'll be honest. I thought we were going to get beaten. But now... I'm, and, I'm, and I still think that we might get beaten. Yeah, still, yeah. There's still a chance we might get beaten quite badly because oh, they're course. a good side. Yeah, they could yeah, score four. Yeah, yeah. I know Klopp, yeah, Klopp's... Um, said today in his press conference that he thinks it's the toughest game of the season, Man City, in terms of how they play. And I think what he means by that is, you know, you look, Chelsea aren't going to bat here, but, but, but City might, you know, they, they might make, give you a really tough afternoon. And so I think it's I think it's a 50-50 game, which again, you take and it feels like a better chance because Monaco have showed how you, how you can get at them. And we, we, we did it last season there. And although it's a different manager, it's a lot of the same players. And so you feel like if, if things go our way, we could really get at them. We could cause them a lot of problems. But then they're thinking the same. They're looking at their attacking talents. I'm sure they've seen how we, we've defended at moments recently and thinking, well, you know, our, our, our pace, we could really get at them. So it's, it's, it feels like a toss-up for me, but I, I, that's, a, that's a better position than, than I was about it earlier in the week. OK, uh, we've got to sort of got off the point a little bit, Adam, but I've quite enjoyed it. It's been a nice chat. And there is, uh, on the back on the point, um, I'm, I'm looking for a prediction. I'm also looking for how you think Liverpool should approach it. I think, I think it would be football suicide to go there and sort of try to play really attacking. I think we, we have to be as sensible as we can. I think they are prone to being hit on the counter. I don't think that I don't think that's a bad thing for the way we we play. Um hopefully do we know whether Firmino's back? Is to talk as he's gonna make it, yeah. yeah. So you know, he him there, Mane and Lalana causing trouble in the middle, like you say. I I think I think it'd be silly to go there other than having the two at the back in the midfield, like you said before. Um, Prediction-wise, I might I might have to double bluff fate and say three-one City. Okay, uh, Carl. Uh, I think I don't think we've got a choice. I think they're going to batter us for twenty minutes because they're going to be angry. There's going to be a sting because of Monaco, um, and I think if we weather that out, um, we can hit them on the attack. But um, it is the hardest game, I think, of the season because they are just so unpredictable. Um, and I'm going to go for 1-1. OK, John Gibbons. I think I, I think we're going to win. I think we've got to be a little bit more aggressive than what Adam's saying. I think, you know, there's, there's, there's times to press and there's times to kind of sit in and you hope they find the balance and you hope they, they work for each other and scrap. But look, our record against the top teams is good this season and it's good for the reason. And I think... I think they, they, they switch on when they need to this team against good teams they and I think them, yeah. I think 
there will be chances there. Uh, you know, it's 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 fifty fifty. I, I don't see a draw. I can't see a draw. Um, and I'm just edging towards Liverpool, maybe three one. Okay. A huge thank you to John, to Adam, and to Carl, Sean Rogers as well, and Heather Carroll. Uh, on the Anfield up this week, we were made up to get Xabi Alonso interviewed. John did it. Um, with Andy Heaton, they went out to Munich to interview Xabi Alonso. Um, we've also uh, spoken to Jamie Carragher about Xabi Alonso and other matters. Uh, the Jamie Carragher thing is available for free at theanfieldrap.com. Xabi uh, Alonso, it's a 50-minute interview. It's fantastic. It's behind the paywall, £5. You get all the other stuff you get if you listen to the Anfield Rap, all the quality Liverpool talk, everything that you need, really. Theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe. Um, yep, there's loads and loads of shows, but also not only the loads and loads of shows, but we think they're all pretty good. Uh, some of them are absolutely fantastic. Some of them, yeah, they're pretty good. But <laughs> the point of it is that we very much back the quality of these things it's not just that there's a lot of them it's that they're good and you don't have to listen to them all it's very much like thinking that you have to listen watch all of netflix or something like that you really don't it's a variety of different things and you'll find what you like so if you get the opportunity this week please have a little look theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe thanks to everyone thanks to Xabi alonso for doing that as well uh, this is the anfield rap and i think liverpool are going to go to manchester city and win by the way sports social podcast network